Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colm McDuff and I'll be your host today. As always, I'm one half of a, a dynamic duo this evening. Uh, the other half uh, providing the looks part of that, the knowledge, Graham Campbell. Graham, how are you? I'm great, thanks for having me on again. No, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, so I need, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just turn up to talk nonsense, so I need somebody to balance it out every week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... We're, we're in two minds to do a pod this week because it's been quite a while since uh, since Rangers have had a game. Obviously, the last time we played was uh, the scudding of Celtic last Sunday. Have you enjoyed the, the seven or eight days of that since? Very much so. I think, um, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but I think I've very much enjoyed today as much as most of the days um, coming out with with Prim's tears to to mull over and enjoy so yes but it's obviously been lovely um, on the back of that brilliant exactly and it leads me right into my first point obviously I was saying that we were in two minds if we had enough to talk about this week but then we've seen the headline for Scott Brown so on behalf of everyone in the gallant few Scott Brown uh, thanks for giving us um, the first topic of the podcast Um, I, I never like to focus too much on Celtic players so I'll spin it Fucking bravo to whatever Rangers official Graham was taking the cunt at home. <laughs> I think we're all, I mean, official man and so or whatever, I don't know, unless I think we'd all love to see that it was Jimmy Bell or something maybe threw on us and Jimmy <laughs> Bell was in the corridor. I don't know. Um, you've got to imagine it's potentially one of the officials or board members. It's obviously been a piece of the furniture for a few years and know what Scott Brown's faced in the last few years with his goading of our team and our players when you're talking about some of the horrendous players we've had over the last few years. Now he's actually facing up to some real quality. He can't take it. I mean, it's unbelievable. You couldn't, you couldn't have written that, to, to be honest. I know. Um, for, it's, I don't know why I'm surprised about the narrative that's came out about Okay, and Rangers officials should show more class um, to Scott Brown. The Scott Brown that 
fucking done it up you gesture at Parkhead in front of Andy Halliday and the Rangers fans to the hard man fucking t- to take the piss out of Jason Hole to the uh, fucking aye there's countless examples um, if, I mean he was he was big enough to dish it out so fucking he's made his bed he can find where lie in it 100% absolutely and um, the games against Aberdeen next season not that they need any more spice to them I'm sure they're going to um, I'm sure they're going to be upped ever so what in the, the tempo stakes aye um, hopefully we, aye it's I, I say hopefully but there's, there's no doubt in my mind we'll just continue to put him in his place uh, the, th- the thing is the, the thing that's going to happen as well he will be he'll end up being the Aberdeen manager in the next year Stephen Glass is going to make an absolute arse of it a rip roaring arse of that job and Brown will end up being their manager I mean it's it's there, it's written. So he's going to be a bit, a bit uh, about for a bit longer yet. And he'll need to get used to taking a scalping eye, Brooks. Is that well the manager as well go forward? Because I guarantee that will, that is what's going to happen. As much as that sounds beautiful, Stephen Glass fucking up at Aberdeen, Aberdeen gone <laughs> like for demise to demise. Scott Brown having a shite entry to management. The downside is everybody knows my love for Ross McCrory. I just hope he doesn't. Hope he gets sold before. He gets tied in with it. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Maybe. There's always a home at Ibert's for you, Ross, if you're listening. I'm sure you are. <laughs> so, on the, on the subject, uh, uh, some of the other players out in loan, even though Rangers weren't playing this weekend, uh, there's been a lot of chat around some of the, the boys we have out in loan. Um, so, I just thought I'd get your opinion on that before we look ahead to Livingston's game. First of all, Glenn Middleton scored an absolute fucking screamer and uh in the League Cup say sorry, the Scottish Cup semi final. Free kick, it was very it was um it was Ronald De Boer esque. Um if Ronald De Boer had a left peg, he would have been proud of this. But he came on, uh, pretty much uh, helped change the game, got one assist and one one goal in the two one win. Glenn Middleton's a funny one, man. I'd, in my hearts of hearts I don't think he has a future at Rangers, but there's a player in there, and I, I don't know what. What do we do with him? For me, for me, he's not going to make this. I'm, I don't. Uh, this is absolutely no dig at um, Greg Wilde in any way. I think I think Middleton's in the same mould as Greg Wilde, and Greg Wilde put a lot into Rangers, and he did really well. But in terms of longevity, I don't think Glenn Middleton. Middleton has that at Rangers, kind of like Greg Wild, very direct, very fast, but um, in the long run, probably not a real Rangers class. What we're looking for right now he could certainly do a job, but I just don't, I just don't see it. And I actually think, by the way, I really rate Jack Anik. I really liked him when he was at Rangers. I thought he would be an excellent squad player. I still would actually have him as a, a backup as sorts. I really rate him. I think he was at fault for the free kick. Look, it was a great free kick, great strike, and he did immensely well for the assist as well. And he had a few few runs in the left after that. I ended up watching the game; it was decent enough. But he really did light it up. However, I just don't, I just don't see it. I really don't. I'd love him. I'd love him to make it. And I think he was a shining light. Maybe a couple of years ago when we weren't great, and I think that's probably why we're all more endeared to him than we would be. But I just don't see him making the cut for this Gerard team. 
I'm the same, but at the same time, I have major FOMO when it comes to Glenn Middleton because I do think he's really going to have a decent career. And while it may be five, six years down the line, and Rangers can't afford to keep somebody five, six years down the line, a wee bit of me wants Rangers to maybe keep him and try and get a, like, a good deal and a sell-on fee and stuff because I, I don't know where it comes to, but I've got kind of the feeling of John Fleck about him where he, he was decent enough to be part of a squad at one point but never quite ever going to make a make a regular appearance um, but John John Fleck's went on to have a, a very good career but I don't know is that fair to Glenn Middleton just to try and keep him on to get a good deal is it feasible for the club I think I'm clutching at stores there I think um you're right to maybe mention other players that, that went on. John Fleck is really kind of one in a million, so to speak, of failing kind of here. He, he looked amazing, fail, but what he's done in England's incredible. I mean, absolute hats off to him. As I'd said, maybe more like a Greg Wilde player who will have a really good career, unfold a really good career in England, whether it's Championship, League One, League Two. Um, a good, a really good level of football. Let's face it, we'd all love to be playing that as well. Um, if you can make it, I think that's more Glenn Middleton than. I mean, you've got to remember as well. We got them off the books at Norwich, and I know they were the yo-yo between Premier League and Championship as well. I just think he will be more the the lower levels English football. Happy to be proven wrong, but I just don't think we we'll, we'll see him at Rangers um, again. I'll be honest. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. Um, aye. But all the best of them, um, regardless of what happens. Absolutely. You know, it's I'd I'd much rather see Glenn Middleton win the Scottish Cup this season than Jamie Murphy, um, to put it to put it that way. Um so on yourself, Middleton, it's uh, prove us wrong. Next one, uh, what I asked you about, Graham, Stephen Kelly. I've been a massive fan of Stephen Kelly since he went down to a uh, United in the championship last season and he, he he did stick out in that United team who were decent at the time. I know they're shy this season, but they were pushing for the playoffs. Um, I think they actually got in the playoff spot. And Stephen Kelly, I'm sure he got, it was either player of the year or young player of the year. Started off quite slowly at Ross County, but he's grown into it. Um, very much a, a regular key starter now. I think it's still too early for him to come into Rangers, but I don't know. Is Ah, yeah, I, personally, I think it's too early for him to come in the Rangers, but I wouldn't be annoyed if he did come in and he was maybe one of the, the seven midfielders, if you get me. Again, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, again, I don't think, um, I don't think he's good enough. Sorry. I think it's good. It was that air. I think we need to try and get more of our players out to other Premier League clubs, which is what we've done in the last year, year and a half, which I think is great. Testament to Stephen Gerrard. I think that's, he's obviously seen that there was a gap, whereas before maybe sending these players out to Championship, League One, whatever, not great. One thing you've seen them across the city doing a lot in the last few years is getting their players out to other SPL clubs, and that's something that we weren't doing enough of. So yes, it was great start of the season. I know it was part of a deal now about when we'd sent McCrory to Aberdeen, when we'd sent Stephen Kelly to Ross County, Middleton to Hibs, and uh, Jamie Murphy when he went to Hibs. We're talking about that's what we should be doing. Obviously, some of them aren't prospects we're going to see back, no doubt about that, but so it is great. We've got Stephen Kelly at Ross County. Again, I just I just don't see him 
having an impact in our team. You look at the strength and depth we have now in the squad, and I think that's where our fans really actually have to get used to that again, that level that, that is the expect, expectation of playing for Rangers. And I think in the cold light of day, a lot of these youngsters maybe don't have that, other than maybe one. I don't know if we'll touch on them. Kennedy, maybe. Well, we'll come to Kennedy in a minute, but staying in Stephen Kelly, yeah. I think I think he's improving at a rate where in a year or maybe 18 months' time, you can see him in this Rangers team. I, 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 right now, he's not good enough to come into, come into our team, but I think there's definitely enough there, and he's he's still young, and if we look at football, like, you don't need to be 18 to break into breakthrough from the youth team to the first team anymore. It's it doesn't have to be the Barry Ferguson tale. Players do some players do break in later, 22, 23. Um, Ryan Kent was what maybe 23 when um, he came to Rangers. I think I, I'm still holding out hope for Stephen Kelly. Not just hope, but I've seen enough that he's he's improved enough over the last year to show that he can continue to prove. I think there's still potential there. Guy you mentioned there, Kai Kennedy. Um, what's what's next for him? Do you think? I honestly think that we will look at maybe a, a shorter term or a full season. I think it would need to be at an SBL club next season, potentially. Depending on how pre-season goes, I think he really lit it up um, early with uh, Cali. I think he's done really well with Wraith Rovers. I think he's been a real... Every time I've, I've actually seen them a couple of times, um, when they've played if they, the games now, by God, I'd, I'd watch any football, to be fair, so please don't judge me on that one. I've seen him playing it. He does look really good. I think, I think he's maybe happy had less of a run in the team the last few weeks but you would expect that as a young player but God he could make an impact he's so skillful. some of the goals he's already scored and I know it's in the championship but some of the goals some of the assists he's made the runs, his general play you can tell he's such a smart player he's silky the ball can stick to his feet at times I think potentially us having him as a more central midfielder player rather than maybe a wide player I think he could be that real kind of playmaker in the middle of the park. Potentially, look, I don't know, I'm not a coach. He's small, he's dynamic. I really genuinely think he could make it. And obviously that, that new deal shows that probably Gerard does as well, to be honest. I think he just needs a bit of luck, which is, of course, what you need. You're a young Scottish player trying to break through at Rangers. But yeah, I've got high hopes of him. I think out of all alone, he's, out. He's, a, he's the one probably most likely to keep an eye out for. No, we we at Kai Kennedy. I I do think it's time that he, we get him into the top flight. But I'm not necessarily looking for him to go to a hips where it will potentially suit his play. Like um, kind of hips. Well, hips will attack everybody in 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 the league. That's one thing you need to give him credit for. Um, even Rangers Celtic, they will play time play expansive attacking football. I'm no, I don't think he necessarily gets into the Hibs team right now, but even if he does go to St Mirren, that provides its own challenges. But I quite like that. I quite like seeing young players have the challenge of not being a regular first-team starter and how they have to prove themselves and, um, and really pick it up. I think that gives them a... We know there's talent there, so it's just really, can he hone in in his work rate? Can he adapt to different systems and ultimately improve? 
It's funny you said St Mirren. I think that's actually one of the ideal places for him. You look at some of the young Scottish guys here anyway. Is it, J- is it McGrath? Is it Jamie McGrath? He's been really good St Mirren-wise. Um, they do kind of play a, a more narrow game, I think. Uh, Jim Goodwin seems like a really solid manager. I think St Mirren would be a good place for him. Maybe even, God, I hate them, but uh, Dundee United. I think these are the teams that he would actually really shine in. And we should be aiming to get him out to some of these teams with the expectation. St Mirren have had a good season. They'll be on the up probably next season. They'll be wanting a bit more top six. Probably want to maybe even go one further in one of the Cups. I think that is the kind of place we need to be getting them in. If I just don't think next season's the right place or time for us to be trying to push you through. I just don't think that's the... Well, there's every argument that... Uh, a team who have now established a winning mentality, it's easier for the player, the younger players to come in and see that rather than the weight of the expectation of winning the 55th league title. I think, um, I think if you bring young players through when we were like 10 years without a trophy, I'll look at... Um, who's the who's left back who we were all raving about and then got fucking slaughtered at Parkhead um, you know, you know I mean? I, I mean there's a, I think there's every argument if he was playing in a successful Rangers team in and out of his squad then he might have well, he might have not made it at Rangers but he wouldn't be back in Malta playing his football I don't think I think Miles Beerman's one of these um, I look across the city for example right see when you've had a really rubbish season and you shine you think that one of the younger players it's kind of been a shining light so you you give them a big contract or a new contract I think Miles Beerman for us was that shining light like they, they've given Stephen Welsh four years for example he is never he is never going to make it what I mean is there's always someone you want to um, pin your hopes on or think oh, they've been a shining light in a rubbish season Miles Beerman was kind of like that for us for a year and a bit never he was never going to be no. he was never going to be that and I think you can get you can get caught up on focusing too much in the youth when the rest of your team is maybe not great right now we're in a great position that we can actually go okay he's good enough or he's not and we can probably be that cutthroat and I think maybe Stephen Kelly I push definitely Kennedy and it is exciting in a way like, like that. And you've, we've already got guys like uh, King and Mayo that are maybe on, on the cusp. But I, I, can't, I can't pretend to say I know or have seen loads of those two. So, um, but you're a good thing. Last one, we'll just cover on. Um, fuck, there's that many out in loan. You've just reminded me about Lewis Mayo, who's having a cracking season at Dunfermline. But last one I do want to touch on who... Has always has been a debate the last two years, really. Robbie McCrory. Where, what, what would you, what, what's the next move for him? I mean, for for me, Graham, I don't think we Alan McGregor signing another deal. If John McLaughlin still happy to stay next year, there's no sense in bringing Robbie McCrory back. I'll be honest. Um, there was something about Robbie McCrory at the start of the season. I'd actually thought I was. Surprised we'd sign John McLaughlin. Obviously, in hindsight, I'm not saying anything bad. What a what a great signing he's proven to be. He's is on number two and whatnot. But I think Robbie McCrory would have genuinely benefited more in being in a winning dressing room 
this season than another season out in loan. I think he had a successful spell with Levy. I think if he'd came back, he could have been a natural number two this season with the amount of games we've played. That what If you look at what McLaughlin's done and stepped in, I genuinely think that would have been more beneficial for Robbie McCrory. As I say, hindsight's easy. He's now fallen out of the Levy team probably for most of the season at this point. I think I think the ship's probably sailed. I genuinely think if we'd kept him this, I know, I know you're shaking your head. If we'd kept him this season, I think he really. I know it sounds mental. I really do. I remember. I think it was one of the one of the big podcasts. It might have been like your Peter Crouch or something. I remember him saying something about sometimes going in loan isn't the be all and end all. Yes, it's good going into a dressing room, a professional dressing room, where no matter what level, however. It's also important to get that experience of being in a winning professional dressing room, even though if you're not playing. And I genuinely think that's what Robbie McCrory needed this season. And he didn't get it. He went to Levy and it's not really materialised. So, no, I, I, I get the argument it might not have been the most successful loan spell for him this season, but... I think we're I think we're pushing our frillies a wee bit too much to say the ship's ship sailed. He's twenty two, man. He's fucking twenty two. Uh, <laughs> no, can it wait, hold on. I'm not saying the ship sailed in his like I'm not writing off his career, but I really I'm like expe- I'm an expectation on the ceiling with Rangers just now and for me he's not on the ceiling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, it's one man's opinion, berate me. Just berate me, go. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, we, so, with my opinion on Robbie McCrory, I don't think it's right to bring him back to Rangers right now because I think he's had enough playing time and, you know, being, you know, being a regular first-choice first keeper over his last few loan spells, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't make sense to bring him back battling for the second George keeper because he's nowhere near Alan McGregor. He's not. Maybe if he was at the level where he was battling to be number one, I could see it bringing him back. But I, I think it will do more harm than good to bring him back to Rangers and get so little game time. I think another loan move, because he's only 22. Look at the amount of loan moves that Alan McGregor... Alan McGregor was on loan to what? He was about 25 until he broke through. Um, yeah, look, I'm not... I'm not suggesting bring him back because he wouldn't get. He would be number three mm-hmm. for me if he had been number two last season, number two next season. For me, that could have been a more potential progression for him, rather than maybe an unsuccessful spell at Levy. The next one's really vital, and I know you talk about McGregor when he was at St Johnson and Fairman. I get it worked for him, but I think the the loan side, honestly. And I'd love. My mind's went blank, but what a lot successful loanies out we've had over the years. I, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a list, but I can't think. Can you count Charlie Adam? Is that? I think that's the last one. He went on loan to St. Mirren. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you want. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sure it's See when... Um... You know, listeners, every week I'll put a, a text out to everybody in the Gallant Few just saying, right, hey, who's up for this? Because we've all got working commitments, so no everybody's available every week. When Graham said he was up for it, I thought, no, what? we'll talk about the loans because he's so positive about all things Rangers and fucking hell. Man. You've pissed in my pudding tonight, haven't you? Christ. Mate, <laughs> uh, see if we had this conversation a year ago, probably be like, aye, no bother. Kelly, aye, he'll make it. Kennedy, get me get McCrory in number one. Nah, I'm no feeling him, I'm afraid. Fuck Kennedy. Well, I'm just trying to timestamp this um, this episode for when two years' time when we're winning title number 57. Stephen Kelly scores a hat-trick and Robbie McCrory saves a penalty at Parkhead. But, yeah, I'll come back to you. When this pod's been invited out to NASA and I'm left behind for my Apollo and McCrory... um, Viewpoints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, man. We just dropped our sponsor this week, so NASA's not nah, very good. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake, man. Anyway, we digress. Uh, on the subject of uh, the, uh, the youth system, Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson had quite an interesting interview um, on RTV through the week. We'll touch on the Ross Wilson side at first when he was talking about the the Colts team and the barriers that they faced in terms of trying to push us, and it's that this is a question that's never got to go away until until the Colts team come in to to play in the professional leagues. For as long as they're not there, we'll always be asking, will this benefit the the bigger Scottish game? Um, I get I've got blue tinted glasses on, Graham, but I. I find the positives outweigh the negatives by getting old firm coach team into the lower divisions to compete. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a must. Like, I get the probably the bitterness from the rest of Scottish football in a sense. Why the hell should we let Rangers and Celtic coach team in the bottom league? What will this do for us? Blah, blah, blah. I totally get it. From our point of view, of course, it's a total positive. Really? As well, I mean, you're talking about Scotland and the national team. Uh, yeah, a lot of the guys listening probably aren't interested. That's fair enough. But from a Scottish viewpoint, I'm surprised there is this much kind of pushing back on it. You've got Rangers and Celtic Colts. You've got two multi-million purpose-built training complexes. It's probably good for the game as a whole to allow these guys to play at a decent level. Now, I don't know what the difference really is between League 2, League 1 and the Lowlands. It's been interesting listening to Alex Ray a lot in the last week. He's been quite vocal about how those periods between 17 and 20 for him, that age, was huge. 
and playing in, I think it was like the West of Scotland League or something, he said he notched up 100 games, it really gave him a taste for that competition, the competitiveness, and it really stood him in good stead. I think it's so vital for us as a club. I think we would start to bring that through, and I just don't get it. We we got the semi-final, nearly knocked out Cali in the semi-final of the Turnix Cup last year. It just shows what they can do, and I don't get why as well. Sorry ramble, but the clubs would turn down the gate money. You tell me, Rangers fans, on a week where in our national week or something, or when we're away on the Sunday, or on the Saturday at three o'clock, you wouldn't get a ton of Rangers fans heading through to League Two, League One, like we did when we were down there anyway. Like it would happen. It's nuts. They're turning down money as well. Exactly, and I get the the fans like it, football is, supporting a football club is an emotional thing, and you don't always think about it rationally. But for the clubs to be able to turn out that turn down that gate money is fucking madness. Even you're talking about international week. More often than not, if Rangers are away, they'll be playing on the Sunday. A lot of Rangers fans will go and watch the Colts on the Saturday, then watch Rangers on the Sunday. That's we are that obsessed about the clubs. And if you think about the Rangers fans up and down the country, who like like the the RSC and Inverness, not everybody can always get down for the games. You know, like they, a lot of people will go and watch the the Colts if they're playing up north, if they're playing Montrose or whatever. Um, it's I had. I think from a financial point of view, in the world of COVID, when everybody, like every league in the world, has to be evaluate how they're going to make their money, I just think it's a no-brainer. 100%. I'd actually like to see more as well, going to see the women's team as well. I think that's something they might pick up a bit in the next coming few years as well. And I think it's something that deserves to pick up. I think it's great that they went professional. We made some good signs. I think this season's starting to tail off a bit. Couple of rubbish results against Celtic and Glasgow City, but whether it's the Colts, whether it's the women's team, you're seeing somebody playing that Rangers top. But I think it's really important, and I'd I'd be fully behind it, and, and would love to go to some of these smaller grounds again in a kind of more relaxed capacity. I guess we're not seeing Rangers and struggles and strife, but we're seeing a, a young, hungry Colts team trying to defeat the the younger, eh, sorry, not the younger, the, the smaller competitive teams in the, the lower leagues of Scotland. I think it'd be great, but it doesn't look maybe like it's going to happen, to be fair. No, it's just because of the backwards fucking regressive country that we live in. I was about to say in terms of football, but it's, you could probably branch it out to, to a few different aspects of life. Um, on the subject of that interview, um, you and I were talking all fair about Stuart Robertson's part of that interview when he was talking about the museum and his plans for that. What did you make of Stuart Robertson's part of the interview? Can I just say if the, the first thing about Stuart Robertson, I really, really like Stuart Robertson a lot. I could, He's just one of those guys that I could actually listen to talk to a lot. I think he talks so much sense. He handles himself and put, puts himself across really well. I really like Stuart Robertson. Um, what I like about him, he doesn't, he doesn't use a lot of jargon or he doesn't... He doesn't he doesn't even make himself sound like a like a, a chief exec, but at the same time, it doesn't sound as if he's purposely trying to dumb it down for you. He just speaks fucking naturally. Uh, I do really like that. Totally, and I think it was really comforting. And I'm not surprised to hear him say it when he was talking about the various organisations or kind of well-known museum folk, to a better term. I don't know that they tied in with 
over this period of time to make sure what they're putting in place is going to be going to be great for for us as the fans and is going to be what the club deserves because what we deserve is something like this. The early plans, I guess, we've all we've all kind of seen some of the plans and some of the pictures and the floor the floor plans that sort of thing. I think for me when he was talking about getting that balance between what's in our trophy room and what's in the museum, yeah, that that would be a tough choice. But I love that they're probably looking at. I'm sure they'll put that out to the to the fans. My jails, I think he was talking about voting in my jails. I, th- I would imagine the Cup Winners Cup will be one that will be in the museum, for example. Maybe a trophy like that, I think. But then there's certain aspects, like for me, the uh, the bike, I, I think you couldn't take that out of the trophy room, for example. I just don't, I think that is, for me, like the trophy room. You go in, you see the bike against the wall. For it. So I think there's a balance like that. But something like the Cup Winners Cup, of course, are going to need to make a big, big deal about 1972 in Barcelona. And that's got to be there. Bit on the, the same the same tossy coin. It's what you keep watching on. So it'll be really interesting. Let me run a, an idea past you, and Stuart Robinson, if you're listening, this if you take on this idea, you won't have to sell Alfredo Morelos next year. Fifty five pound for a shot of the bike. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 buy the first two goes. Just one lap round eyebrows. Fifty five quid. You'll make millions. I think I'd, it's hard to disagree. It really is. It's hard to disagree. Maybe even I mean, God, I think you'd pay a grand if you get like if you're able to piggyback Alfredo Morelos as he rides around the side of it. That'd be good. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, see, what's the um, what's the things called where you like somebody cycles in and you're in a wee buggy behind it? What are they called again? Oh, no idea. Get the and pick a player of your choice to fucking cycle you around the eyebrows on the same bike. Who would you pick? Who would you pick? Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, Andy Firth, he's just my favourite guy ever. But do you know what? Just... I think yeah, I think that's hard to disagree with. I think he'd be an <laughs> absolute buzz to go around the pitch and eyebrows in that bike, so yeah. It probably justifies the, the contact extension as well. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, so moving back into the actual um, uh, the actual news and away for the, the nonsense fashion Sakala um, you're a big Belgian football fan I'm, I'm hoping um, do you know out with the out with the the budgetary YouTube video that I'm scared for watching these YouTube highlights because the first one I ever I remember watching in recent memory was Umar Sadiq Obviously he's doing okay now, but what a fucking come down that was. Um so I've not I purposely not watched Fashion Sakala's um highlight reel just so I'm not disappointed. But for what I gather, he's a very forward thinking attacking player. Um it's good to see the club doing business so early as well. Absolutely. Um from what I can see, he's strong is a central three and on the left. So obviously that's going to give us a bit more dynamic. We're always looking to have players that can play across all front three and we have that in abundance to be fair and he's just going to add to that. I think people might think that he's going to come in as some sort of replacement for Morelos. If the rumours are to be believed that Morelos, Kent, want to make a full frontal assault in the Champions League next season, that sort of chat it very much excites me. And I think Sakala's more than likely maybe going to be a, 
a, a replacement for maybe Defoe leaving. Who knows? I think Defoe, now if we can, I, d- I don't really know if the, this chat's going. I've, I've not heard. I'm assuming there's been chat around Defoe maybe being offered some sort of background position, potentially, um, to be in a round coach. And, um, that would that would be probably one of the signings of the season, I'll be honest, if we got that next season. Now, somebody like Sakala coming in, we would have Kemar Roof, Morelos. I still think Itten could be given more of a chance. I think he has a lot to offer. I think he's a great ploy to have up there as well. And I think we could utilise that plan B a bit more. There's been some games this season. Yes, it's been a great season. We've won these games 1-0, but there's been a couple of games where it has been so tight. It's like, just put Itten on and let's go a bit more direct. Let's play more off him. Um, even though he is excellent with the ball at his feet, I think it's really exciting. But Sakala, yeah, uh, the weekend there, I think he, he bagged a goal, bagged an, ex- an assist. He's got a good goals record in, in Belgium, which is, is no pushover league either. Absolutely, and I think it's it's good to see that this signing hasn't come out of nowhere. It's, it's not been somebody who's set ahead of a light in, in Belgium or in one of the Eastern Europeans League and we've just went in the name. We've been doing this, we've been doing a homework for a long time and we've went for Sakala at the right time. Obviously, every sign is a gamble and, you know, we just hope it works out, but there's so much thought and effort going into our scouting now and it's excellent. Um, that's, and that's that's the thing. So we've we've signed to be players, Simpson, Forba. Sakala, right, all pre-contracts all zero money, now we're expecting a few guys going out, maybe we'll make a big sale, balance the books a wee bit all we need to do is freshen up the team we've got a good title winning team there we don't really need to do much, we just need to plug any gaps if we do sell anyone important, but right now with the players going out of contract maybe a big sale, these three guys coming in I mean, there's not a whole lot we really need to do at the squad. We're in a really good place, and at least three of them, spine of the team covered, they are going to they are going to freshen things up. And I think Sakala is an excellent signing. Do you think? Well, I was about to say, do you think we'll bring MDLs in? We will bring other people in, and I get a lot of it will depend on who goes out the other way as well. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm not worried about losing MD because I know. But every single player we could lose, there's two or three different options who we are ready to pounce on. But what what do you think the priority is for any more summer signings to freshen up the squad? I think potentially the middle of the park. I think you're always looking at the middle of the park anyway. But, for example, losing Jack and Arfield um, over the last kind of month or so, it's been a huge miss, especially Ryan Jack. And you lose you lose that kind of steely, determined midfielder. And really, like, what we have in the middle three, all phenomenal options. Let's face it, no one's let us down this season, but you really need that kind of digging in kind of midfielder. I would be... I really would be a bit surprised if we didn't try and nab, like, a... I genuinely think we might try and go for, like, Lewis Ferguson or something. I think if we make a signing, it'll be... It's... I just don't see us making any big signings. I think they'll be more low-key. We've made those three pre-contracts that I've spoken about. I think we'll try and win into Obviously, this is dependent who goes out, but I could see us trying to go for like a Lewis Ferguson. I really could. What about John Fleck? Is that realistic? It's probably realistic, but... That's just... Not for me. Not for me. Let's, let's go forward. Let's continue to get maybe... 
some of the younger players in. I don't know what age is Flight now, 29 or 28? I think he's 30 now. But... Right, 30. So for me, could somebody like, I'm not saying Lewis Ferguson comes in our team, and I don't think he'd expect to, but I would imagine whoever, if you're in that central midfield position, you're going to want to come and play under Stephen Gerrard, and there's no doubt he could probably improve the game of anyone in that position. So whether whether you're a Lewis Ferguson or maybe they're looking at other people up and down the country, who knows? I, I just I could see it being some sort of steely kind of player from a British club. Yeah. I think for me with the midfield, it depends what they see as a football. Um, is that is that have us pronounce his name right? Or no idea. I mean, I've been calling him a forber. Of, of oh, right. I thought that was his. I don't know. I've been calling him the cunt who's built like a bit shit house. Um, yeah. So him. Um, I think. I think he's you know the like in a changing room currently in Wickham with um, Ekpiatsu for <laughs> old Tartsler. I think he's. Uh, I think he's out doing him as well. So I think it says a lot. Yes, brick shit house indeed. I think it depends on how they. Like how how Gerard and the management team see him having an impact in the summer? Do they see him as being like one of the players pushing for a starting uh, a starting berth, or is it just back up to maybe two or three years? Like the like Itton, if you get me, like maybe being an option, but realistically, no, no being in contention. I think if he's just an option there to start to bleed in over the next couple of years, I think we'd need. If, if you're saying Lewis Ferguson, we'd need one more other than Lewis Ferguson. I think we'd need two midfielders in, or one one player who does come in and definitely starts every every week. Um, I don't think Lewis Ferguson's there. I'm I'm not overly sold in Ferguson. I'm really not. Um, I just here you go. I'm talking about right now, right as the squad is right now. Lewis Ferguson maybe comes in. I think, I don't know, I've just got this feeling in my stomach, I, I generally think we could lose Kamara with a decent bid this summer. So if if Kamara went, for example, you, you don't just bring in, like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in a bit and lose Ferguson, but we would bring in someone else. Yeah. What I'm saying is the state of the squad just now, that would happen. A four-bar, maybe another player, like a steely player, Lewis Ferguson. We, if we lose other people, I, th- I think you'd see us go out and replace them potentially with money, but I'm just saying, and if our squad were to stay the same with who's going out or whatever, I think you'll find we will really not be looking to do loads. I would be genuinely surprised. I think freshening up with these three players, maybe we'd, we'd spend a bit of money on another player maybe somewhere on the team. But then we've got a couple of players coming back and I think it's all about trimming them, I'm assuming. Which is a shame, I like Edmondson, but I'm assuming... He's probably going to get sold now. Jordan Jones sold now, but but Brandon Barker sold now. So it's about trimming that squad as well. No, I do. I think for me, it's the, the only worry, and I don't want to sound too negative because especially Stephen Davis, he's he's in the running for player of the year. Um, obviously, because he's been amazing. But if you look at Davis, you can't guarantee he'll play the same. He'll be able to play the same amount next season. Jack and Arfield are obviously got to be managed, so even if the squad does stay the same, I would still like another option in there for me in midfield. I don't know, mate. 
who's to say Davis isn't going to do a Davy Weir 41 playing about fucking 80 games he'll end up notching out on 50 cats on Northern Ireland I, I'll, you'll never see that getting beaten now you, I don't think you'll ever see an outfield British player not in this day and age beating whatever Stephen Davis decides to push his cap tally to unless he, he, he maybe turns around and retires um, in the summer or something for, for Northern Ireland I, I don't know but um, what a legend Aye absolutely impeccably deserved and he's the biggest compliment I can give him he's earned all of those caps and all the appearances for his club on merit it's not been sentiment see like you get the like, I think you've seen it with David Beckham too, like he's reached over the 100 cap mark or whatever. Um, you know, he's coming on as a sub through sentiment. It's been on merit. He's still playing at that level. And it's just a testament to the professional and the player that he is. Totally. So, on to, on to the actual games coming up then. It's it's so weird because we, we won title number 55 about 17 years ago, it feels like, but still two games left. Livingston coming up on Wednesday away, six pm. If you know, I I don't know. I, I wish that we could give one of these Masonic handshakes to David Martindale and just say we'll call it one each, mate. Like it's um, it's a, such a nothing game, isn't it? It is and it isn't. Like, and I'm not talking about this. Let's make sure we go the rest of the season, Vince, and all that. I'm talking about more. Levy's always such a stuffy, minging game away from home. And I think you've got a free hit. I really genuinely think we try and play a bit more of a minging game. Like, we try. And what I was saying about Itton, right? Angie deserves a run out. Why don't we try and play a bit more of a direct game? Maybe play Itton. I'd imagine Scott Wright being a good ploy up there, maybe playing off Itton um, and having a more steely kind of front three like that. I just think Levy isn't the game for the front three that played against Celtic for example, I just don't feel it I think get Itton up there get Scotty right on these are the games where we're coming to the end of the season, it's important to prepare for next season and make sure that these players are getting a taste of what they might have to do because see right now if we got injuries galore next season, I don't feel like some of these players are going to step up and know exactly what to expect. Levy away is the pinnacle of Scottish Premier League where these are the games you need to win and this is how they play against us. Go and, go and show me what you can do. I think that is genuinely more important right now and that's why I'd, I'd play some of these players, not not just because they've not played off the sake of rotation but try something different. Let's see what you're what, let's see a plan B or a plan C in action against Levy and see what we do. So who would your front three be then? Because I think through injury, uh, the midfield three pretty much picked itself will be Davis, Kamara, Aribo and the the back five. If Holland or the Balligan are fit, they'll maybe come in ahead of Jack Simpson, but I'd imagine it'd be Simpson alongside Golson. So I think the big question is on the front three then, who do you try? Do, um, you said it'd be different for who started against Celtic, we went with Ken and Ellison Roof. Do all three of them come out? Do one of them come out too? What you only? I would play right. I'd play right and Itten and probably Morelos. I would like to see Itten and Wright to either side of Morelos, but I think earlier in the season Gerard had spoke about almost playing Itten as like a right right hand sided 
number nine of sorts or trying to get that long ball up to him or playing those diagonal balls. I'm just I just would like to see a different plan, just a different, a more direct game. I'm not saying it's going to be plays nigh, but one thing we need to do is have those different game plans. And I think Livia Way is that game where God they start the season we drew nil nil away from and you're like God fifty five and we're drawing nil nil away to Levy. Again, yes, it's worked out well, but I think these are the minging games we need to show the rest of the squad this is what you're up against and just try something different. So yeah, maybe, but then I would I wouldn't like to see Ruth drop Dink um after he's double and he's kinda of coming on to fitness. Maybe him. Maybe even play him other side of Hitting and maybe rest Morelos for this one. I just think we need to see a bit more rotation, but for a reason, not just the sake of it. For me, I I wouldn't like to see Ruth start on Wednesday, mainly because how injury prone he is and we're playing in that fucking shocking plastic pitch. I'd like to see, I'd actually like to see Wright and Kent either side of a striker, whether that's Morelos or Itton or whether I'd, I'd like to see the two start again when we're talking about plan, plan B, plan C and stuff. I'd like to see, because they, you know, they are two very natural wide players, but they are different wide players. Yeah, mate. Um, so I'd like to see how that looks and for that to be potentially an option for next season. Time will tell. Um, six o'clock kickoff. That's a bastard, isn't it? That's, uh, it's a shite. I don't know. I'm, I'm off on holiday this week for work, but usually I finish at six. And honestly, I don't, I don't know why they've just changed the kickoff times this season because fans still work. Like, fans still have a life. Um, and we're all used to planning a life around quarter to eight kickoffs. It's, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> But, but I guess there's not that travel time for fans to get to the games, right? So most folk lucky enough to work from home um, turn that laptop off and swivel their chair around get a beer and watch the game. You're, you're just being a sadistic fucker. Graham and I work for the same company. I'm in the office. He works from home. So <laughs> on. most folk, maybe not everybody. You know that fine well. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's finish in a high note, mate. Do you have any nice big plans for Saturday, for title day, for trophy day? Do you know what? I've, I, I don't know yet. I think I'm just going to... Do you know that way? It's one of those... I kind of got a butterf- butterfly steam talking about it. The league's been won for, for what feels like about five months. But um, just seeing like Rangers lifting the, the league, we've got... Some of the players like CC and Tav left the the league title like that really is gonna that's gonna mean a lot to me. I'm sure as everyone I say me as if it's just me, but everyone like Morelos, all the shit he's taking, all the crap, um, being told time time again he's not good enough, he's too much a hothead, blah, all this crap. Like to see him lift the title, I, I cannot wait to see that face. With the league title over his head, that's that's just what I can't wait for. I, I don't care where I'm watching it, where I'm. Eh, I've not decided that yet what I'm going to do, but see that and Gerard with a league title finally for him. So uh, it's going to be class. Cannot wait. Um, this is weird. I'm actually looking forward to Gerard's post match interview already about it, regardless if his win was a draw, because we know he's got to talk about winning the league um, and like, winning the cup and. 
I just he speaks so well, and I'm an I'm an absolute Gerard fanboy. Always have been, and even more so now that he's he's a gaffer. But I'm, <laughs> I'm buzzing because I. Emotional, inspirational speech. I think that's really been my highlight in Saturday. Mad way, just listening, listening to Gerard, watching it through tears. Do you know what? I actually think he's. I don't know why. I just think he's going to be really kind of not laid back out, but I think he's going to be really professional in the sense. I think he will hit home that this has given him a thirst, and I genuinely think he's quite disappointed with our cup performances, which a lot of us are. Let's face it, we all are. And I think he's going to be more. Yep, this is this is brilliant. This is what I've wanted for so long. But I do want more, and I think he's he's going to really feel that even more when he, when he lifts that league title. I think he's really really wanting to push on, and yeah, yeah, I hope he's here for at least me. That's what really inspired me after the Samaritan game, when you could just see the emotion and. Like the the weight lifted that we well we hadn't quite won the league that came the day after but it was within touching that it was it was a foregone conclusion but his instant reaction was I'm here and I just I can't wait for more and that that just gave me goosebumps that gave me butterflies Gerald saying we've done this but I can't wait for the next thing and the next thing do you know what I think is the most important thing for him forget everything he's done in his career I don't think that genuinely matters to him as the manager of Rangers until he wins something and I genuinely think delivering the league has meant he's been able to have that belonging to Rangers that belonging to our club we are winning something anything the league being the pinnacle but we are a winning club the most successful club in the world he can have that swagger going down the corridors now not that he needs it but I think he knows and he feels that he wants more and he needs more with Rangers before he does anything else and he's got that hunger. And I think he's he's probably got a, a good bit of good bit of love for the club now as well. Yeah, been long mate, continue. And I think in that notice, um, before I burst in the tears is a very good <laughs> good point to wrap up. Um, Graham, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'd just like to say before I go, I love you, Stuart Robertson and Stephen Davis. <laughs> yep. And I'd like to say before you go, Glenn Middleton, Stephen Kelly, Robbie McCrory, chin up, don't listen to him, you've got a chance. Uh well, thank you all for listening. My name's Carl McDuff and we are the people. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 